You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Babylon Project was our last best hope for peace. Well, we're in it now. It failed. In the last few hours, we have learned that warships are coming this way from Earth. Their orders are to seize command of Babylon 5 by force. But in the year of the Shadow War, it became something greater. Our last best hope for victory. My words are inadequate to the burden of my heart. The year is 2260. The place, Babylon 5. And assuming we survive this, how old will you be in a year if you don't want to speak Mimbari? It's like I've always said, you can get more with a kind word and a two before than you can with just a kind word. Please, continue. Only one human can ever survived battle with the Minbari fleet. He is behind me. You are in front of me. You value your lives. Be somewhere else. Hello and welcome to the Epsilon 3, a Babylon 5 rewatch podcast. Each week we review an episode of the 1990s sci-fi TV classic Babylon 5. This week, season 3, episode 20, and the rock cried out, no hiding place. I'm Paul. I'm Dan. I'm Sean. And, and we, we are, are the Epsilon 3. And the synopsis. A delegation of religious leaders comes to Babylon 5 to visit Brother Theo and to provide assistance to Sheridan. Londo sets a plan in motion to rid himself of Lord Reefer. Written by JMS and directed by David J. Eagle, this episode was released on the 8th of September 1996 in the UK and October 14th 1996 in the USA. And takes place from December the 7th to December the 11th, 2260. And the guest stars. Eric Avari as Rabbi Leo Mayers. I like that guy. He pops up in, in loads and loads of different places. Oh, yeah. And he's, he's just a solid, solid actor that, you know, mm-hmm. doesn't matter what he's in, you just believe, you know, that's what he is. Uh, William Forward as Lord Reefer. Louis Turin as Brother Theo. Mel Winkler as Reverend Will Dexter, Francois Giraudet as Verini, Paul Keith as Drigo, Wayne Alexander as Jagan, and Marva Hicks as the singer. Uncredited are Stephen Austin Scordelis as the Pacmara ambassador and Bill Blair as an alien. So guys, what do we think of this episode? It was another decent episode, uh, pretty much on par with probably last week's episode. Just a, a good, decent, serviceable episode with some fun information. Probably a little bit better than last week's, actually. Uh, a lot of Londo, a lot of Jakar, a, a lot of uh, double dealing behind the scenes stuff that we don't really get uh, revealed until the very end. So that it was it was fun. It was a good episode. Dan? 
Yeah. Um, for me, yes, better than last week. There's Everything's relevant. There's no sort of missing bits that you didn't need to have in this episode. Um, you've got the the kind of Goodfellas uh, style ending where it's, you know, a bit of music while someone gets their comeuppance that you've just been waiting for. Um, it's a good use of Lando and Jakar's relationship, although I didn't quite believe it being here. If this had happened maybe a few seasons later like they've had time to work out the differences but they they hate each other too much i think for this plan to have worked so but then that's just me being picky um yeah i i enjoyed it a lot more and we've now got a fleet of white stars to play with instead of just one um so yeah it it, it builds the story if it's not a great episode i don't know i thought i thought the um uh, the shikar and Malari bit at, at the end there, we, where he's saying, you know, this guy has killed, you know, millions or however many it was, um, of Nans and and it's all his fault and all of this. Mm. And Shikar's looking at him as if to say, "You'll keep. I'm going to deal with this guy first. Mm. Uh, mm. But I still don't like you because you still messed us up, still messed us around. He he's not happy, but he sort of looks at him and goes, hmm, well, okay." You've helped, you know, it's, you really, you know, it's for your own ends, really, but you've helped mm. us, so we'll go with it, but. Yeah, I think yeah. I just wanted a few more scenes of him sort of saying, like, this doesn't make us even, I just mm. wanted a little bit more like, I'm dealing with you because you're the devil I know sort of lines. I just wanted him mm. to just be a little bit more open about the fact that I'm only helping you because I hate him just a little bit more than I hate you. And I, I think, think I just I think needed a, just a little bit more. I think it's better without the more. Really? Okay. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think you're right there, Sean. Okay, so once again into the breach, dear friends. Z minus fourteen days, or for our UK listeners, Z minus fourteen days. In a rare commander's log, Ivanova brings us up to date with the transportation of telepaths to the areas where they are needed in the fight against the shadows. Sheridan hardly leaves the war room anymore. Franklin is still on walkabout. Brother Theo and the monks are still on board and are a stabilising force. Shikar is providing bodyguards for the telepaths, even though their safety is already guaranteed. Malari wants Shikar dealt with as quickly as possible, but he needs to send him back to Narn so he can be arrested and executed. Ivanova welcomes aboard religious representatives from Earth, unlike Brother Theo, who does not. Also coming aboard is Lord Reefer, Dum, dum, dum. Dylan tries to get Sheridan to open up, but he is being logical and cranky. In this scene, Dylan is trying to be amusing, but there was one joke they missed. When she was telling Sheridan that Ivanova was worried about him, and she said, hmm. Ivanova sent me to find you. She said you haven't been sleeping, that you have barely been eating. She said that you have been, in her words, carrying on cranky i looked up the word cranky it said grouchy i looked up grouchy it said crotchety no wonder you have such an eccentric culture none of your words have their own meanings you have to look up one word to understand another it never ends something here doesn't make sense that's what i thought when i came across crotchety this cannot be a real word i said delen should, should have then said i look up the word cranky it said grouchy i look up the word grouchy it said crotchety. I look up at the word crotchety, and it said John Sheridan. <laughs> that that probably would have been better. That, that would have been, been a good, 
line. That would have been a good one. Yeah. It just sort of just fizzled and died a death. Then she came out with a fabulous line, even if it is a little bit speciesist. Having the kind of nightmares that make your hair stand on end. Well, that would explain the centauri. Mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I laughed at and thought, can she say that? And even um, Sheridan then gives her a look as if to say, you really can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Londo is setting a trap for Jakar. He tells Via to tell him that Natoth, his previous aide, uh, thought lost in the war, has been found and is prisoner under the old Kari headquarters. Once there, he will be arrested. Veer refuses to do it, but Londo blackmails him into doing it. Lord Reefer is brown-nosing to the Emperor's representative, but he's more astute than Reefer thinks. He tries to smooth the waters between them, but Malari turns up, and after Veer confirms he has given the message to the Jakar, Londo says actions are louder than words, and will rid the Emperor of Jakar. The religious representatives meet with Ivanova, Delen, and Sheridan, and hand over some data crystals from Earth. The Resistance is still alive. Jakar asks Garibaldi to smuggle him into Narn to get Natoth, and he agrees. Vier is kidnapped by Rifa, who wants to know what Malari is up to. And Brother Theo will not stop the vitriol against Reverend Dexter. I mean, okay, I get it. He hates the man. But come on, every scene, he just launches an attack on him. I mean, it was a bit much. It's just so, it's too much, isn't it? So much for brotherly love. Brotherly, <laughs> brotherly, brotherly love. Yeah. Don't need to get that in. Yeah, I mean, it's just a bit too much. I think um, as soon as he says something, he's firing it back at him. I mean, this, what, this is it's a religious you know, person who is supposed to be, you know, all peace and and love and respect and all this type of thing. And it's just, I just don't like him in this. Now we know why he and the brothers turned up on Babylon 5. No one wanted to work with him on Earth. So they just sent him off as far as they could. It's like, oh, he's always taking the mickey out of us. Just send him away. Mm. But he does have a pretty epic mustache. He does. <laughs> That's true. Reefer is playing good cop, but has run out of time. So he uses a telepath to get the information out of Veer. Reverend Dexter bumps into Sheridan, who rather handily has a second cup for his tea. So offers him some. You still working this late? Daily reports, oxygen consumption logs, recycling figures. It never stops. Sometimes I think I stay in the war room as much to avoid this stuff as I do to keep track of the war. It's a great responsibility, isn't it? <laughs> and uh, who do you share this great responsibility with? Well, there's Ivanova, Garibaldi, uh, Franklin's still on walkabout, others. The work gets spread around. He asks who Sheridan goes to, to talk to. Now, I didn't say work, I said responsibility. I've watched your people since I came aboard. They all come to you with questions, problems, concerns, so who do you go to? Who do you talk to? Well, there isn't anybody. I it's my responsibility. I, I can't put it on anyone else. I didn't say you should put it on anyone else either. Just talking about it, sharing the burden as much as you can. He says that the officers who don't unload their problems are the bad ones who convinces Sheridan that Dylan is the one for him. You know, back during the Minbori War, I was a chaplain. 
You could always tell the good officers from the bad ones. The bad ones were loaded down with this sense of terrible responsibility. It consumed them. They wanted to do right by the men and women under their command, but after a while, they just became more and more isolated, unapproachable, downright unsociable. Cranky? Now, that's as good a word as any. They were in such a fog of worry and self-doubt that nobody could get through. She is a crutch, and he should lean on her for support now and again. When your worry tank gets full, people stop coming to you because they don't want to add to it. Have to empty out your worry tank once in a while or you just get more isolated. Is that what you think is happening to me? I was just looking at your eyes and remembering that same look on a lot of the faces I saw during the last war, that's all. Oh, and so now you'd like me to turn all of this over to God, right? When God comes knocking at your door, you won't need me or anyone else to tell you what that sound is. But you gotta remember, after God created man, he created Eve. Because he knew we all need someone to talk to, someone to help shoulder the burden. I like the way he, he you know, Sheridan obviously says, no, you know, back off, it's nothing to do with you. And then he just fires off one little more round of, you know, Really, you should be doing this. You know, it's, I, you know, I understand, I understand, but really, you should be doing this. And it just sort of hits him. You know, it hits the right notes just at the right time. I, I like that part. Mm. She loves you, you know. I saw it in her face at dinner every time she looked at you. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Of course. I was just... Uh... Delenn's been through a lot lately. We all have. She's got enough problems on her hands without giving her mine as well. Thank you for your concern, Reverend. Z minus 13 days, or Z minus 13 days. On the Narn homeworld, Jakar meets with another Narn. He tells him that he will show the other Narns how to get through the underground tunnels to the headquarters. Reefer is setting his trap and wants six, no, seven, of Drigo's best guards. Arrest Jakar and bring him to the Centauri Prime in chains along with Malari as a present, uh, as a present to the Emperor. Sheridan and Delenn are taking another look at the shadow att attacks and finally see a pattern. There is one area that is not being attacked and suspect they are corralling the refugees into that area so they can attack them all at once. Shikar is leading the rescue party when he is confronted by Reefer and the trap is closed. Reverend Dexter is giving his sermon. The speech is great. Every day, here and at home, we are warned about the enemy. Who is the enemy? Is it the alien? Well, we are all alien to one another. Is it the one who believes differently than we do? No. Oh, no, my friends. The enemy is fear. The enemy is ignorance. The enemy is the one who tells you that you must hate that which is different. Because in the end, that hate will turn on you. And that same hate will destroy you. Good speech. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Londo rescues Veer, and while Shikar is about to be killed by Rifa, Londo makes a holographic appearance and tells the Narns that the bombing of Narn was Rifa's idea and that he is personally responsible for six to seven million Narn deaths. The Centauri guards have been paid off by Malari and they disappear, as Rifa tries to do after Shikar tells the Narns what they can do to him. As he runs away, the, the Baptist singer 
sings The Rock Ride Out, No Hiding Place. There's no hiding place down here. And it's good to have some happy music as a backdrop to a good lynching. Just like in the film, A Clockwork Orange. <laughs> it's a really good scene uh, where Reef is trying to run away and then the singer's saying, you've got no hiding place and all this. It was, it was that clever, was fantastic. But... Yeah. And then he falls over and they, just lo- they all just land on him and start beating the crap out of him. I thought, what? Yeah. Is the music really appropriate now? <laughs> See, I that's where so. I kind of... I wanted the music to, to come down and then it cuts back and then there's Via uh, just turning to Londo and just says, do you know, I heard this one joke about, you know, uh, what's worse than uh, one uh, or uh, all the nans being in a, in a room and they're really angry at you is being the one with the key. And then he just hands him the key and then they close the door. And I feel like that could have been a really good ending to that moment. I like that. Malari shows the evidence of Reefa's treachery to the emperor's representative who believes him and reluctantly accepts that the Emperor uh, will see that Malari is rewarded for his efforts. But Veer is not happy that he has been used by Malari and his deception of Rifa, and he will not forget this quickly. Delenn takes Sheridan for a ride in the White Star to show him what resources he has for a, an attack on the Shadows. Now that they know what the Shadows uh, are up to, they can prepare for the Counter-Strike. What he sees takes his breath away, a fleet of White Stars, that have been constructed after the prototype was given to Sheridan. The Mimbari have been busy in the last year. Well over 50 ships have been created in that time. I mean, I suppose war is a great motivator, um, but they will be piloted by the Rangers, and finally they are ready to take the fight to the shadows. I mean, that is worth a tonsil tickling if ever I saw one. Yeah, that was a nice kiss at the end. Mm -hmm. Zed minus 10 days. We're recording this the day after Valentine's Day. I mean, that's a pretty good gift right there, isn't it? <laughs> He's going to say to no to that. Yeah. Make your hair stand on end. You know what else will make your hair stand on end? This promo for another podcast right here on the ESO Network. <laughs> nice. How's that for a callback? Yeah. Oh, that, was, uh, that was good. Tune in to the Con Guys show. Con as in comic We are Hollywood filmmakers and superfans who cover all the news of the con universe, including the films, the TV shows, the streaming series, the experiences, and the events that fuel your fandom. If you'd find it at Comic-Con, then you'll find it here. Now in our seventh year, the Con Guys Show is a proud member of the ESO Network. Okay, and trivia. Uh, Louis Turin, Brother Theo, and Mel Winkler, Reverend Will Dexter, uh, long-time good friends in the acting business, thoroughly enjoyed their characters' verbal sniping match throughout the episode. Well, I didn't, so... At least somebody yeah. did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> According to Babylon 5 canon, Lord Reefer was survived by a daughter, Senna. Malari took her on as his ward and then became... when he became emperor. She appeared in the Babylon 5 movie in the beginning. Okay. Later, she married Via Cotto. Mm-hmm. When William Ford found out his character, Lord Reefer, was to be killed off, he reportedly went to the show's producer and asked what he had done wrong. Forward was informed that it was because the character had to die to advance the story, and that it was not because of his performances, which they had really liked. 
In fact, the producer considered his performance so impressive it would have it would make his character's death that much more impactful for the audience and serve the story better. Mm. It's a good yeah. Well, no, but you're really good, honest. No, we're really good. We just have to kill you. But <laughs> but no no no. Honestly, you were really good, and it'll be more impactful. It'll be more impactful when you die. <laughs> yeah, forget that you're not getting paid anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but you really like me. But, okay. But, yeah, but you're really, really good, but you're sacked. But you were so good. You were so good. You were really good, but but you're sacked. But it just shows how different, like, the TV is. Like, back then, he was worried for his job. Now, you'd kind of expect that. You know, you want to be the character <laughs> who gets built up for a season and then get killed off in the best possible way. That's right. Yeah. Okay, Sean, are there any Star Trek connections? We've got a few this week. Uh, we've got Marva Hicks, who played the gospel singer, and she played Tuvok's wife, Tapel in three episodes of Voyager. Including uh, one we... of my favorites, which is uh, Body and Soul. Very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mel Winkler, who played Reverend Dexter, was in an episode of Voyager called The 37s as the character Jack Hayes. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, our favorite actor of the uh, the guest roster here eric avari who played rabbi myers he was in png as bijik in unification one he was in deep space nine as vedic yarka in the episode destiny and on enterprise's episode called Terranova, he played jamin and he was also in stargate as well using quite a few episodes of that and he, he was Even also in, in uh, daredevil from 2003 he was in a mm, bunch of stuff he's got a long yeah. list of credits yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And he's not, he's not that much older than me. He's, I, I thought he was going to be you know, in his 80s by now, but I think he's only in his early 60s, so he's still he's got a lot, mm. lot of time left to be racking up those credits. Yeah, he's just one is of those he... guys you see everywhere but don't know his name. Mm. Has he done a Star Wars? Is he one of the trifecta who's done the whole, the big three? Not that I noticed. I didn't mm. see that, no. Mm. That's just the one that's left. He needs to get onto his agent right now. Yeah. Okay. Ratings. Uh, we our, our rating system is out of five because it's Babylon Five. IMDb uh, give their ratings out of ten. We'll come back to IMDb in a minute. Sean, what did you think of this episode? I thought it was a decent episode. I uh, I enjoyed the uh, the double dealing with uh, Londo and Jakar in cahoots against Rifa, which I didn't see coming, even though I've seen this episode multiple times. But it's been like ten years, so I totally forgot uh we're we're getting to see all the uh, the white stars uh john and delenn kiss so that uh, that story is coming along very good uh, it's it's just a a pretty great episode it's it's not like best of all time but it's definitely better than last week's i'm going to give it a 4.2 okay dan yeah um i enjoyed it uh you know anything that i had against it was sort of nitpicky it's not the greatest, you know, we've had war without end, so it's hard to really go that high. Um, and you need it. You need to finish off Reefer's story. So it's in vital part of that. And now we carry forward with a fleet of white stars. And uh, unfortunately, Paul, sorry, it is going to be the the Delenn and Sheridan show now. Uh, and that's pretty much where it's going. So it, it doesn't quite you know, set you up for a great arc to come because it might take over some of the stuff that should be better. Um, so I'm, I was really struggling though, to find where I was going to place it. I don't want to go too high and I don't want to say that it's a bad episode. So I'm probably going to go 3.8. Ooh. Okay. 
Um, I I like this one. I'm like Sean on this. I I I thought there was some really good parts in it. The uh, the religious bits were a little bit. I, I really wish there wasn't so much sniping and that and that sort of put me off it a bit. I think there was there was better characters there than really what was portrayed. I think uh, bringing the uh, the data crystals you know through the um, you know, from the underground. Um, I thought that was a good idea. The um, the singing of the song as as Reef is getting beaten up was was a little bit. It started off okay, but then it got a little bit dark. Um, <laughs> I, I I liked the fact that Via was used. Um, you know, he he had to be used because he's too honest. He's just you know too honest a person, so he had to be told a lie, but it's for him to think it was real, in order that mm-hmm. Reefer would then use a telepath. And uh, yeah, I thought uh, th- that that was a necessary, unfortunately necessary. But Veer is obviously not not too happy with that. Um, so yeah, I, I like the stories. Um, I think they're good. I like the fact that we get the White Star Fleet. Um, it, you know, it is good. Uh, yeah, it was just it was just a really good episode. So I've got to I'm going to give that a uh, what I'm going to give it now a four point two five. So just slightly above Sean. Um, and IMDb, I mean Sean, you gave that a four point two. IMDb have given it a four point two as well, which is their equivalent of an eight point four. So yes. um, yeah, and we all sort of agree on this one. I think Dan's mm. a little bit low, but yeah, 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 that's that's the way we roll. So yeah, excellent. I think it was yeah, it wasn't a bad episode. It was a lot better than last week's, and uh, mm. it's it advanced the plot, and you know, it's all the stories were well told. So yeah, I, I liked it. So that's the end of this episode. Join us again next week when we will be discussing season three, episode twenty-one, Shadow Dancing. You know, before I got married, Emily used to come by sometimes and help me clean out my apartment. Well, I asked her. How come you're so eager to help clean up my place when your place is just as bad? She said, because cleaning up your place helps me to forget what a mess I've made of mine. And when I sweep my floor, all I've done is sweep my floor. But when I help you clean up your place, I am helping you. Of course, the way I lived back then, sometimes the mess was too much for both of us, but... It sure was nice to have the company. Hi, Captain. If you have any thoughts on this episode, why not send in some feedback to the epsilon3 at gmail.com. That's three spelled T-H-R-E-E, not the number. Or you can find us on our Facebook page. Just search for the Epsilon 3. Well, if you have any other problems... Any other questions at all, just ask. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.